All right, guys. Welcome to the Time Out Podcast. I am CJ with a cold. And I'm your boy DC without a cold. Bitch. Anyway, so a lot of stuff has happened. The Lakers have destroyed the Houston Rockets. The Clippers are still playing the uh, the Nuggets and the Eastern Conference Finals uh, starting today. Uh, the defensive all, the all defensive teams have been selected with a bit of controversy, kinda. Uh, but I want to kick off today with a little bit of fact checking here. Uh, there's something that I've said in the past that is actually wrong. Okay. Uh, so you know how we've been uh, we we talked about the MVP and DPOY in the same year, yeah. right? So <clears throat> I was thinking. Well, obviously, because the books got unceremoniously gentleman swept by the Miami Heat, uh, I was thinking, well, he he'd be the first MVP in DPOY to not win a title like in the same year. Like this is a big deal, is it not? And no one's talking about it. And then, so I was like, why, why, why are they not talking about it? And that's because it's not. <laughs> okay. So. I was right in saying both Hakeem Olajuwon uh, and Michael Jordan both won DPOY and MVP in the same season. That That is true. That is true. However, only Hakeem Olajuwon won the title in that same season. Michael Jordan did not. And that year was 1998. All right. He won the DPOY and he won the MVP. And so uh, his team lost in the playoffs in the 1998 playoffs to, I believe, the Detroit Pistons. Let me just fact check that. Yes, in the second round in a gentleman's sweep. What? Michael Jordan lost in the playoffs? Yeah, I know. It's surprising. I know. It's like... But I just wanted to start off with that. So that's why no one's talking about it is because Michael Jordan did the exact same thing where... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they got gentlemen swept in there. So basically what you're saying is Giannis is emulating MJ. In, uh, in, uh, in one uh, way or another. In one way or another, yeah. Well, he's definitely not Hakeem Olajuwon, that's for sure. Right. Oh, that's another thing as well. We've we've done our top five of each. In each, in each position, haven't we? Yep. Okay, so we'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the... All defensive teams. So, have you have you seen the all defensive teams? I have. You have. So, yeah. just for everyone listening. So, for the f- all defensive first team, we've got at centre Rudy Gobert. At the two forwards, you obviously got Giannis and Anthony Davis. And the guard spots are Marcus Smart. And a, a bit of a surprise to me was Ben Simmons. Bit of a surprise. He deserved it, but a bit of a surprise. And then in the second, all defensive second team was Brooke Lopez. Okay. Uh, Kwai and Bam. Sweet. Uh, and Eric Bledsoe and Patrick Beverly, which means that like the the Bucks have three in both of these teams, <laughs> which is interesting. Didn't show it in that round, but that's, that's fine. Um but yeah, the the reason I'm talking about this is because I listened to the JJ Reddick podcast, which had Kevin Durant on there, and they were specifically talking about Drew Holiday, and they were talking about how a good defensive player to another player is different 
to the media how they portray a good defensive player. Okay. So like, that's not going against any of these players don't deserve to be on the all-defensive team. That's not, that's not what they were saying. But they think... They honestly said Drew Holiday should have been in contention for Defensive Player of the Year. But they think it's because that he was on the Pelicans, which isn't a good defensive team, that it kind of went under the radar about it. And, you know, people were talking about Zion, you know, the trades and stuff. So it's like, uh, so yeah, they feel like he was kind of like left, left to left out of these teams. He should have made at least this uh, all NBA se- all all defensive second team apparently, uh, which you know what listening to them talk about it I get, and yeah. it it brings up this whole narrative of like the media versus what the players do like the media the media vote the MVP the media votes you know, and you I heard one of the I heard one of the people who were voting in the media like, like it, the narrative matters and like I'm not. Like if I was, I wouldn't vote for a narrative that we're voting for the defensive player of the year. We're we're voting for the MVP, not the most valuable story. Like this isn't this isn't why. No narrative, don't like it. Keep it out. But yeah, I think everyone there is deserving. How do you feel? I mean, like- I, mean I feel like it was deserving, but I think that's a really interesting point about you know, what the players define as, you know, who should be there and the media. I feel like Uh more more stock should be put into who the players, like, these are the people who are playing up against them and obviously, you know, they're going to see things that the media don't and obviously a lot of the times, a lot of times some of these players are picked via narratives and, you know... And they're actually playing. Like, Kevin Durant said Drew Holiday is amazing post-defender against him. That's what Kevin Durant said. I know, and you think that someone who can, someone who, like KD twenty one, one of, the, I mean, he is one of the best best defensive players. So if he's saying, you know, that like that player for me is someone I'm looking at, and he's a great defender against me. Yeah, because KD is think... one of the greatest offensive weapons in NBA history. Yeah, you'd surely assume that you know that would mean that he'd get more stuff. But it's it's actually it's kind of a shame that. A lot of the decisions are made via narratives. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like, go on. I was gonna say it's like this. You see, you see it with other awards too, like with the MVP thing. It's always been like, like a lot of people say things like, "Oh, but LeBron's old," and I'm like, "No, but you have to pick what's it now." Like, yeah, this is about this season. It it doesn't matter whether he's old or not. Like, base him on what he's done this season. And I think so. Another so just to add to that, I think a lot of the players I, I the the best of the rest so like the players that all the players that received votes it's kind of a mix and match of like players that players know are great defenders and like just media bullshit so for example um best of the rest was chris dunn with 31 total votes he almost made it on and I feel like that's a that's the one that the players would have picked. Uh, same with Kyle Lowry and then Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, Paul George, Jalen Brown, and then Luka Doncic, which is weird, <laughs> and James Harden. Yeah. James Harden got votes. I don't know he got. 
He got two votes. Dante DiVincenzo got votes. Devante Murray. You know, uh, you know, when I was looking through it, I found it insane that Harden got one less vote than Paul George. Yeah, that's it. He got, that yeah, was... yeah, he did. It's like a major drop-up. Like, you got Kristen Carleri, Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, who, like, they're, well, I mean, they've got double figures, and then everyone else has got three, two, 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 two one. Damian Lillard got one vote. Chris Middleton got one vote. Russell Westbrook got one. I mean. Those are for guards. And then for forwards, PJ Tucker, uh, understandably so, he's been centre today this year, which is, you know what? I kind of get that. Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Jason Tatum, uh, Pascal Siakam, LeBron James got votes, Miles Turner, OG Ananobi, Aaron Baines got a vote, Jonathan Isaac got a vote, I get that. Pozingas got a vote. Uh, Matisse Dybul got a vote. And then for centres, you got Joel Embiid, Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside got two votes. Stephen Adams got one less vote than him. And and Jared Allen. Uh, it says here, Jalen Brown received one second team vote as a guard and one second team vote as a forward. Mad. Yeah. So, Yeah. So that's just that's that's that. I feel like the guys that got voted were you know worthy, but I feel like you know the all all defensive team and all all NBA teams are just you know bullshit. I remember one year. I can't remember what year it was. I think it was with Mark Gasol or something when Mark Gasol won the DPOY and didn't make the all defensive first team. Which is insane. I can't I can't remember which season it was. It wasn't that long ago, but I remember it happening and it was just ridiculous. Or it might have been it might have happened with an MVP candidate or something. But I, it was just ridiculous. Um so yeah, let's let's move on. Should we talk about a funny story, Damien? A funny story. One that- Oh yeah. Oh actually. Oh yeah, let's talk about this because it it'll like lead us into like, you know, what's happened last night. So <laughs> You know who Daniel House Jr. is, right? Did not play horny. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know what happened with him? Like he invited one of the testers Mm -hmm. into his into his uh, room, and the NBA found out, and he had to leave the bubble, I believe. Yeah. He's definitely left the bubble. Oh, he's left the bubble now for sure. But yeah. um, yeah. Because according to a lot of people on Twitter and various other places, uh, he's a big reason as to why the Rockets got gentlemen swept. Yeah. I, mean, I just like the fact his name's spelled with a U, not an I. But, um, yes, so, it was one of them things. Obviously, I mean, to be fair, he did have good games. But, I mean... I feel like that's a bit of a reach. But yeah, yeah. so he, he got caught having unauthorized guests in his room, <laughs> which then ruled him out because he broke the quarantine rules. Yeah. He broke the quarantine rules and then he got kicked off. And then everything went to shit for the Houston Rockets and they ended up losing. That's why. 100%. No, it, it wasn't that. The Lakers caught up to that. 
in the first game, the Lakers were trying to figure out the Houston offense, like the small yeah. ball offense. And, you know, they, they figured it out after game one. <laughs> also, the, the way that the Lakers, the way they adapted the rotations, so like JaVale McGee got less minutes and didn't play game four. I don't know if you can play game five. Dwight Howard didn't play. Like they decided they were going to meet. Like they decided that they were going to, like, they realized it was a lot of pace. The Lakers adapted to it. Obviously, they just come off the Trailblazers. Houston had just come off the game seven, so they were ready to go. And it's like the first game against Portland. Portland were ready. They hit them in the throat, and the Lakers went, okay, what can we do? And then. Well, that's a funny thing because when LeBron actually has a winning record when his teams go down first in the first series, in the first game, sorry, in a series, he actually has a winning record, especially now. But like in this playoffs alone, but it's like he'll go, you go down, he'll end up winning the series more, more times out and not. It, you know, it just proves that the first game is, a, you know, it's an adjustments game. It's a feeling out game. And yeah. if you don't make adjustments, then, you know, a la Bucks, a la Houston Rockets, I suppose, tried to make. They didn't really make much adjustments, in all fairness, because there's not really much adjustments you can make when you're just small ball. Now, when you play small ball, you kind of have a certain, you know, pace and space, you know, shooting threes, you know, there's a certain way that you go about things. You, when you only have PJ Tucker and Jeff Green playing center, there's only so so many things you can do defensively and offensively. Yeah, I think when actually when we were talking about this before, we we did say like we always assumed that that small board would work to an extent, but we, I think we both said that like when they came up against an LA team, it was always going to be difficult for them. Yeah. And that's kind of showed it. Like, there was always, obviously, like, as we said before, Houston are very, you know, live by the three, die by the three. And obviously, the difference in the series was, you know, when, like, the Lakers realized they had to come out and start games so much quicker. And even when they started games quicker, Houston would peg them back because they do have that ability to get them three point shots. But then, obviously, you know, when you've got a player like Russell Westbrook, who's just not performing at the level that you'd want him to. Like, I watched game five and he passed up an open three because... Game three, he gave the game away. <laughs> game game five, Russell Westbrook's first possession, he had the... I think he took the ball and then got called for a double dribble. Oh, like he, he became a turnover machine. Um, and then, like, literally the Lakers just did that, take three sets back and dare Westbrook to shoot. And he did and did brick, and then from there you kind of realize like, and when you look at AD and LeBron going through, like, obviously it's easy to watch the first game of a series and say, "Oh, that's it," you know. But this is why we do this seven game series thing, like. Oh yeah, everyone. Houston won that first game, and everyone was thinking, "Oh well, LA are in trouble," and then you know, not not listening, not thinking about what just happened last series. And then, you know, <laughs> gentlemen swept, you know, yeah, almost like, a reverse sweep. I think with the Lakers, it's they're a dangerous team because they are really skinny. When you look at the teams that are left, in terms of the quality and what they've got, they are probably one, like, it's, it's, in terms of pure quality, it's probably them or the Clippers in terms of who's a better team. You can't, if you make mistakes against the Lakers team and don't, and you let LeBron get on rolls and you let him get AD into the game, like, the fact that, 
like the way their teams, the Lakers teams got enough depth that Rondo was able to come off the bench and drop what like twelve yeah, points in the he, fourth quarter. Yeah, he did that. He did that in game four, four. or three, yeah. four. Game four, game four. Yeah. It was game four. It was he was Rondo. Rajon Rondo was great this right, yeah. this series. He was great. He it, it's a, he. This was his first series. This is his first real. You know, because he got injured pretty much. You know, yeah. away, didn't he? And like, this is his first. This yeah, is his got first injured. taste. Yeah, he got injured. Yeah, but um, the thing for me is when you look at um the Lakers team, like they've been able to facilitate players like Caruso even late. Like they've been able to make sure, like LeBron is giving his players like the abilities to take these shots. Like they like they were getting closed down by the Rockets, and LeBron is LeBron just he's done really well at being a type of player who will say. If you get to your spot, I will give you the ball and trust you to take your shots. That's that's offensively, and everyone was thinking like LA were going to struggle a bit offensively, and you know Houston just hadn't no answer to it. Pretty much Anthony Davis, well LeBron, pretty much had yeah outscored pretty much ever, for one two two of the games two two of the games. Yeah. Two of the ga- two of the games, LeBron was a high scorer in the Lakers. Three of them, Anthony Davis was. One of them was like you know in a loss. So like two and two, you know, it's pretty even. But you wanted to get. I, I like after game after game one, uh, they really started to attack the paint and they really started to you know offensively, defensively, they adjusted. You know, they started you know instead of. Well, what helped them defensively was the fact that James Harden and Russell Westbrook can't shoot for shit in this series. <laughs> and well, specifically, Rus- Russell Westbrook. Well, Russell Westbrook, you know, he does his thing. But Harden, Harden. <laughs> what do you mean, Harden? Don't, but Harden, literally every, no, 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 playoff, no. every playoffs he's been eliminated in, he's shot badly in a few so, games in no, this series. That's what I was going to say. So the thing to say is, Harden has a history of having these series where he goes completely missing. Yeah. Like, I was watching, I was there's this Twitter thread, and I went through, and it's like, it documented every playoff series he's had since, I think, 2015, 2020, 20, like, it's basically went through, and it showed, like, every time, basically since he joined the Rockets, or whatever, like, they were like, okay, and here's, like, a game where he went two for 13. Here's a game where he did this. Here's a game yeah. where they actually had it in their hands and threw it away. There were three, two up against the Warriors, and you thought, okay, this is it. KD's injured, oh, they'll surely take this and threw it away through bad shooting. Like with Harden, like you know that these like you know that he has the potential to go on these huge games, but you also know he has the potential to shit the bed. And the problem is when you combine two players who both look like they can shit the bed at any time, if they both shit the bed at the same time, it, like if you look That's at the Clippers, it. yeah. If you look at the Clippers, even when Paul George is playing shit. You could pretty much always rely on Kawhi getting his thirty or twenty-five, and you know hitting them buckets. Oh, that's that's the thing. You know that, but the, the, you know the biggest difference between Harden and Kawhi is, other than defense, obviously. But other than that, offensively, offensively, you know what the biggest difference is. Kawhi's amazing, and Harden's okay. No, I, I mentioned this before. Are we, are we going, are you going back to off-ball cheese? Is this like off-ball movement? <laughs> off-ball movement. James Harden. Cannot play off ball. If you can't play off ball, then you, especially in the playoffs, the defenses will hone in on that. You become predictable, and then you know they they will yeah. attack that. 
at, so, during the regular season, you know, people are, you know, trying things out, doing different things. They're not really going to attack you for it, but that's when the playoffs are for. That's where the, that's, that's where championships are won in the playoffs. So, you know, they're going to hone in on that. You become predictable. Someone like Kawhi, who can play off ball, he's going to try, he's going to get his 30 more nights than not because he's able to have, you know, he's able to come off the screens and stuff like that. Run, so dub- run defenders so, ragged without the so, ball. So to double down on what you just said there, uh, the one thing I did notice the Lakers did was the second they wanted to slow Rockets down, the first thing they did was double Harden. Yeah, just double, just double Harden. They knew that the second they did that, they would take the ball out of his hands. Yeah. And the second they did that, was the second that the Rockets stopped being efficient with it. They stopped scoring as much. They, stood, they killed all their runs. It was early double teams, forced them to give the ball to someone else. Normally that ball ended up in Russell Westbrook's hands on the three-point line for him to shoot and miss. Which he does. He shoots and... I don't know why. Why? Why does he shoot that shot? He he needs to get more consistent with it. They Lakers played Rajon Rondo defense on Russell Westbrook, and Rajon Rondo was hitting threes. Yeah, it's like it adds you know insult to injury, and that last game was just ridiculous. And then Houston Rockets didn't even score a hundred points. And they lost by 20... They lost by 23. You know you know that's even funnier? In the first game, after the first game, Harden was talking about how great they are defensively and how if they can keep teams to 100 points, but, you know, they won't... You know, they're going to win games. You said that with confidence after game one. After game five, watching them get held to 80, whatever. I think the only good thing that Austin... The only, the only good thing that the Rockets did in the game five was Austin Rivers accidentally hitting the ball off LeBron's head and then going, oh, my bad, accident, that, man. That, and that yeah, and Russell Westbrook started yabbering on about Rajon Rondo's brother. <gasps> yeah, didn't they have, like, an argument and then Russell, and then Rondo's brother got kicked out for that? Yeah, so I not I think Rajon Rondo's brother was waving like like you know waving goodbye because at that point the game was over like there were seven minutes left but like it was it was like a you know a good lead so although you know seven minutes left there's time to play but Rajon Rondo's brother was just like waving him goodbye and he started yammering at him and probably had to leave so yeah but that that LeBron thing with Austin Rivers I saw a slow motion video of it Austin Rivers isn't even looking at him when he puts his hand out to say sorry. Yeah. He's not even looking at LeBron. <laughs> but, well, well, no, don't want none of this. <laughs> I think LeBron was just like, excuse me. Oh, wait, no, hold on. I've got a lead. Yeah. This is the last game. We're good. Yeah, We're good. LeBron's head, he was like, I'm going to start. I'm going <laughs> to. He's well, like, you know what? My first reaction if I got a ball just thrown off the back of my head. Just like, what do you think? You are? Hold on. <laughs> oh, no. you're Dr. Rivers' kid. I'm going to let you go. No, not even that. Not even that. Just like no, I'm about I'm about to destroy you in a different way. So it's fine. I mean, it was like, it was like the middle of the fourth. So at that point, the game was done. It, the was. Was like, it was like seven minutes ago. The bomb was just like, I wish you would. Like you man are going home. Bye bye. So that means the Lakers are heading to the Western Conference Finals. I believe their first Western Conference Finals in since 2010, yes. maybe 2011. I think 2010. I don't think they made it. Yeah, 2011, I think they made it to the semi-finals where Oklahoma beat them. Yeah, Oklahoma beat the LA Lakers and then they just never kind of... Oh, they made it in 2012. 
And that was the last year they made it into the playoffs until this year, I believe. So, yeah, first time. And they, they're, they're facing, they're going to end up facing, because the game is tonight, another elimination game for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, can the Los Angeles Clippers put them away? Or do you think Denver could force a game seven? No, nah, I think this is. I, I think this is gonna be the last game for them. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I wanna like. I wanna remain hopeful though. It is today, isn't it? Yeah, it's today. Yeah, tonight, yeah. tonight so, yeah. one. I would love to see um, Clippers go. Wait, no. To game seven. Uh, what, the, the, what, game. the Clippers Nuggets. It's six o'clock. Yeah, six o'clock. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that. Oh, that'd be fun. And then after that. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it. we'll talk about this one first. So, yeah, Denver, yeah, and see, Denver and Clippers. I mean, I was surprised that they the Nuggets got Game Five because when I turned off the game, they they had a comeback victory, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. When I when I turned off the game, Clippers were just dominating them. It was fifty six forty four at the half. Mm-hmm. So I turned off about half time, and then so when I woke up and saw that, I was like, whoa. And that, that fourth quarter where they got thirty eight points. I mean, I'd yep. love to see, I'd love to see a game seven between them, like because I just think it'd be interesting. But well, there would be a huge amount of pressure on the Clippers because they got to this point before they had a three one lead, and then they ended up, you know, ruining it. So you know, we'll see if these Clippers can, you know, change that. I reckon they could. I reckon the game will get put away today. Kawhi is going to do quiet things. So. What we've seen so far in the playoffs is when someone beats the Clippers, they usually come out strong as fuck and like. Well, yeah, know. I think that's a problem though because they're kind of playing lazily. Like they kind oh, of. Really? If you if you so, gave a, if you gave truth serum to every single one of the Clippers and they said, do you think do you think the Nuggets could beat you? They'd all say no. Like they have no. There'd, there'd be no one on the Clippers team that think the Nuggets could actually beat them in a seven-game series. And mm-hmm. but and what that happened with Dallas after the game four when Luca, you know, hit that dag hit hit the hit that hit the game winner. They came back the next game and nearly outscored the whole. They outscored them by fifty. It's like, oh, oh, okay. You show it when you want to. Then so I feel like that's what's going to happen here. But that they can't be doing that kind of thing if they're going to go into the next round against the Lakers. So for me. Doc Brown has Doc Brown. Doc, <laughs> Doc Brown. Rippers. Love him and his music. <laughs> Doc Rippers has openly said that um, he struggles to. Um, like, he struggles. He's saying like a lot of the times. A lot of times, even when they're losing the playoffs, it's been a struggle to get them emotionally checked in. And for me, that has alarm bells. It has the alarm bells of these players aren't going to even get up and, you know, in their right mind. They're not going to get up in the right mindset unless it is either the finals or they play the Lakers and LeBron. The problem is that, like, when you do that, you end up losing these type of games where, you know, you... You should have really won. Especially... You take the foot off the gas in the last quarter. Yeah, you you can't take your foot off the gas. And the problem is you don't want to start developing bad habits. Nope, nope. You don't want to start developing bad habits and hoping that you can turn it on when you need to. Yeah, because before you know, it's too late. Because the Lakers are going from strength to strength. They hit, what, 19 threes yesterday? 
something like that, yeah. Like they are they are at a point where everyone is probably getting to the peak they want to be at at the right time. As Obviously, they possibly the, can, as they reasonably yeah, can. Like, this, is, this is this is like it's like the engine's ticking over. This is exactly where they kind of want to be at this point. And obviously now this is gonna be the time where they know they're only they're one series away from the finals. So obviously they know where they want to get to. If you're the Clippers, you can't be looking at the Lakers next when you've got a Denver who can heat up and don't give up. They were three one down in the Utah series. And and boy, like they can this is a team that won't give up. They will keep going, and even when they look out of it, they'll keep going. And if you let it, the game be close, and someone like Jamal Murray goes off and starts spraying the ball, or or Jokic really can get into his bag, and suddenly you're you're three three, and you're one game, and that's it. And you, you do the Clippers. That's not what you don't want to happen, and you yeah. don't want to take players out. You don't want to be resting on your low. You don't want to be resting on Paul George to save you in Game Seven when you know he can go either way. Exactly. So I, I think I think this next game is a must win for the Clippers. Otherwise, you know, it's gonna be a very dangerous game seven. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, what you don't want to do is like force your players to have to play more than they want to and then risk anything happening. Uh-huh. Like you don't want an intense game seven against a team who have nothing to lose and then suddenly you've got to work harder and then something bad happens. Like you can't you don't want to risk the injuries, you don't want to risk the fatigue, like the Lakers, pretty much the reports came out that they were fatigued after game four. Like, after they have to play the Rockets at such high intensity, they were feeling fatigued yeah. and tired. And what they've done now is they've wrapped up the series. And for them, they've got a bit more of a rest. Four days rest. And if the Clippers lose this game, the Lakers get a couple more days rest. Yep. And the one thing you don't want to do is give LeBron that time to rest, you know give them time to game plan, give them time to set up for you. And then suddenly you're like going into, you're going into a, you're going into the conference finals a step behind. That's what you don't want to happen. And that's the best case scenario. Cause you might go, you might not make this conference finals if you mess up. Yeah. If you mess up so badly. So, you know, I expect the Clippers to win, but they need to win it in the next game. Otherwise yeah. the pressure is on in that game seven. For me, if I'm the Clippers, I just want to get it done and dusted now. I don't want to, I'd rather have things in a game seven where yeah. anything can happen. That's... I don't, I don't want to give them the opportunity. I, I, won't I, want to, I want to put them away and then focus on the Lakers and then focus on whoever's coming out of the East when that time comes. Right. And then I, speaking of the East, so uh, did had the Miami beat the books in the series by the time we did our last one? I don't think no. so. No. So, oh, no, it was... It was... Three. It was. It was. It was three. three. It was three nothing or three one. But anyway, it's three now. It's three now because we're looking at sweeping shit. Oh yes, yes. I remember. I remember betting like. Well, Miami didn't sweep them. They had a one game where they were kind of caught off guard by the fact that Giannis went down, and then defensively they were like, whoa, and offensively they were stunted. And also, Chris Middleton hit everything. I know it was. It was amazing. Chris Middleton certainly came out that game. But in game five, they put them away. It wasn't pretty by no stretch, but the fact that they can, you know, that wasn't their best game and they still managed to put them away was, you know, it's promising for their future. And then they're just, you know, but let's talk about, because we didn't really talk about it all that much, was all that the Toronto and Boston series, which went to seven games. 
Yep, yep, it definitely did. That game was that series was everything I wanted it to be. Such a good I think such a good series. Well, Peter, yeah. Game seven was, you know, tense and tight. It was Jason Tatum went off. I think that series was really entertaining to watch. Uh obviously I wanted the Raptors to win. Uh they didn't, but I feel um, like, did I expect the Boston Celtics? You picked, you picked Boston at seven. I picked Toronto at seven. So yeah, you. I, I mean, mean, yeah. I mean, they both went. went <laughs> I mean, it didn't. It didn't go the way I expected it to. Like Toronto didn't do a lot of the things I predicted them to do, and what why I expected them to win. And obviously, players like Siakam, like I expected to do more. And obviously, well, but, it took it took two uh, t- two overtimes to. For Toronto to beat Boston for game game six, that game was incredible. And then in games yeah. in game seven, it was just defensive efforts. Like it was a ninety-two to eighty-seven. Like it was such a good game seven. Uh, uh, Jason, like after what happened in game six, everyone was saying Jason Tatum needs to step up. Well, he led all Celtics in all major categories in points, rebounds, and assists. So I think he came out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was an incredible performance. And obviously, we're talking a lot about the fact that, you know, his Game 7 performance, he was the last person, he was the youngest person to hit, like, a stat line since Kobe. 25, 12, 25, 25 plus 12, 10 plus and 5 plus? Or yeah, something like that? It was something... Uh, since Kobe? Yeah. I'll just have a quick look. But yeah, that was a really... And obviously, I think... He was a difference maker in these performances, and it was quite. It was a good um, series, and obviously, it was a, who, you know. Yeah, it, it was a it was a really good series. I mean, the first two games was a bit lopsided towards Boston's favor, and I think everyone was kind of expecting Boston to win, and then Toronto won that game three miraculously in those last seconds, and then took game four, and it was like, oh, this became a series, and yeah. then Boston took that blew them out in game five and then Toronto really fought in that game six. I think it, it literally it came down it came down to talent because Toronto's ceiling is not as high as the Boston Celtics ceiling. And Boston could have I don't think Toronto could have turned it up an, uh, another another gear with Pascal playing the way he was. But you know, Boston Boston definitely showed their talent and that they can step it up another gear with, you know, Jason Tatum Kemba Walker not really being that much of a factor in this series, he, he was pretty quiet in all fairness. Um, he was there when they needed him. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you need from like yeah, he, a second third option. He facilitated the offense really well, and I think he kind of, but he was quick to you know. I think he shows the difference between him and you know, obviously passed out with him at Kyrie like. He's very open to, you know, give the ball to the player who needs that ball right now. And so when Tatum was hot, that ball was straight to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. He can make those plays instead of, you know, taking away those. You don't want to... Because obviously that was one of the big issues of the Celtics. After they got to the Game 7 against the Cavs, and then they, you thought, oh, they're going to add Kyrie and they are going to be the team. And what, what actually happened is you had a bunch of young players who... I got used to running the game their way, and then you brought in Kyrie. He was like, "Oh no, no, I'm going to hold this ball now." And they were like, "Whoa!" No. And that little disconnect of chemistry where they were like, "We did this. We could. We almost did this without you. We didn't actually need you." And they're back in that same position without him. Yep. 
and so it's a place of like it's, it's a better fit like Canberra, Canberra has been a much better fit and much better positive on these youngs uh, like it's very clear it's very clear it's Jason Tatum's team and, yeah, 100%. It- and Kemba Walker isn't trying to take from that he's very happy to just source people up getting the ball if he needs to take a shot he will do that I think Obviously, that makes the Boston look a stronger team than they would have been without, obviously, the movement. And, um, yeah, but I think the fact that he's Tatum's team, I think, obviously, he's stepped up into that role really well in terms of... Superstar role, yeah. yeah, Well, I wouldn't say superstar, but star role, for sure. He stepped up into being the number one option, uh, controlling the offense, like, giving them buckets when they need it, making sure that if, you know, like... When Toronto were going on runs, he was the one who'd be like, okay, give me this ball. I'm going to drop two bucks on them real quick. Let's go again. Like, it was yeah. a real, for such a young player, it was still a real. Yeah, he's got his entire career ahead of him, too. He's only, what, 21? I think 22? so. 21, 22. He's not that old. But yeah, he's, he's got his old career ahead of him. He's a star. He's a, he is a star. He's a star. I wouldn't, I won't, I'm not saying superstar yet, but he's a yeah, star. He's he is he is a star, uh, yeah. and you got Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker, and you got other players like Marcus Smart who made it all defensive second team, uh, who's you know flop master general, um, you know. But defensively, he's amazing, uh, and you know. But other than that, with respects to Gordon Hayward, which who is still injured and probably won't play game one of this series, I don't think he's playing today. Um, I don't think the Boston have much of a don't have depth, and I feel like that's going to be a problem with them against the Miami Heat, who have quite a bit of depth. Yeah. When you when you think, so I'm assuming Miami are going to start off with a starting lineup of Dragic, Jimmy Butler, um, Duncan Robinson, Jay Crowder, and Bam. I feel like it's going to be the same. I'm going to have Jay Crowder guarding Jason Tatum and Butler guarding uh, 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 Jalen Brown. Uh, and But th- that, that means you've got coming off the bench, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nunn. Uh, you know, Tyler Hero especially is... He, he had a baby goat. Baby goat. Man... In that game four against Milwaukee, when he hit those two threes. Oh, my God. I was like, Tyler Hero might single-handedly win this game for the Miami Heat. But, you know, they're right. They didn't deserve it. But that being said, you know, Kendrick Nunn, uh, Tyler Hero, Kelly Olynyk, who, you know, can have a big who can have a big influence on this game being a, a, self, a pass out league. Andre Iguodala, who defensively is going to, who's, you know, played his role as a veteran and a defensive uh, as player this year in a series against Milwaukee. Like, you know, they've got to contend with, the Boston Celtics got to contend with that. I feel like Boston might have more talent, but I feel like Miami don't, aren't far behind them when it comes to talent. And, I feel like I, I'd i be doing my team a disservice if I didn't feel like Miami could win this series. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was. They're not as easily matched up against it as they were about Milwaukee Bucks. I think this could go to six or seven games. 
But I feel so, Miami's going to take it. Yeah, so the way I feel is... I feel... So for the Bucks, I feel like... The Miami was just a matchup nightmare for them. Oh, it was. They were, 100%. They were, but they were also out-coached by Eric Spolstra. Because so, yeah, but, but that's part of the reason why it was a matchup disaster. Because you were coming up against a... Basically, you were coming up against a whole culture of a team. Whereas now, I feel like this Miami Boston series is going to be. I like. I'm still. I'm still back in the Heat. I think Heat in six. But again, and I think I, I back the Heat for the same reason I back the Heat. Every, I think the same reason I back them in every series so far. Like, I'm looking when I look at the Boston. I'm like, do they have a player? Do they have a player that's going to match the Jimmy Butler or that's that heart in terms of? Oh, uh, well, Jason Tatum could. You know, Jason Tatum could have that. He could have so, that factor. In terms of experience and grit and that will to win, I look at it and I go, maybe. And then when you look at the fact that the Heat have the shooters, and well, that he's a bust let's, to work let's, I want to look at the matchups. So uh, we all have, we'll have Dragic and Kemba Walker. Uh, you know, defensively, defensively, they're not. I feel like Kemba might have. A little bit of an edge defensively, but obviously Drogic is old. Uh, offensively, Drogic has been amazing these playoffs. There's a lot, like the set most, the, I think he's the second leading scorer. It, it, amazing, absolutely amazing what Drogic has done. Like, make sure you understand why he's like, you know, he's he's what had an all star appearance. And, you know, but I think I'd give Kemba the edge, but not by much. And then you look at the shooting guard positions. I mean, you're not, we're not going to have. Well, Jalen Brown and, and Jimmy Butler, I'd definitely give the edge to Jimmy Butler, obviously. Defensively, too, I'd give it to Jimmy Butler. Offensively, I'd probably give it to Jimmy Butler. I feel like Jalen Brown is probably like B-Tech Jimmy Butler. Is, is what I'm saying here. But it's not that much of a difference. It's not Because uh, Jalen Brown doesn't have the playmaking and the, you know, the ability to take over a game like Jimmy Butler can. So I'm giving that to Jimmy Butler. And then you look at the small forward spot, which I'm not... I, in fact, I, we'll go on matchups because they, I feel like Jay Crowder is going to be up with... Well, Marcus Smart is going to be playing as well, isn't he? Yeah. In in the starting lineup. So I feel like him and... He's going to be with Duncan Robinson, but I feel like Marcus Smart might try and guard Jimmy Butler or... You know, try and guard. He might try and guard um, guard Dragic or something. Uh, he'll he'll try and mark, but Kemba might mark Duncan Robinson. Try and you know keep up with him on the off ball movements and stuff like that. Uh, but obviously, obviously, either way, I'd give it. I'll I'll give that to Marcus Smart. But offensively, he's very hit and miss with his threes. Uh, and then you get the forward spots. You got Jay Crowder and Jason Tatum. Which is, you know, Jason Tatum is gonna score his own, but Jay Jay Crowder is gonna make him earn it, like he made Giannis earn it, like you know, it's that it's that kind of thing where Jay Crowder will go in hard on this guy, he will, and it's not just that the whole team, but the the biggest difference maker. So all those matchups are fairly, you know, it's gonna be a fight and it's gonna be fairly even, but where there is no question in my mind is Bam versus, you know, 
Daniel Tice. There is Bam is the key in this series, I think. I think the offense needs to go through Bam, which it always does anyway, in all fairness. But, you know, Bam needs to have the best series of his life if the Heat are going to beat the Celtics. I feel like he can deliver that as well. And I feel like he can, you know, he can get pushed by it, like pushed to that with Spo and with Jimmy Butler and stuff like that. I think, you know, I think Jimmy Butler will be the one to ca- to end the games, but I feel like Bam is going to be the one that carries them through the game until that moment. Yeah, I think I, I agree with that. I think another thing is, as you mentioned, like when you look at when you look at those matchups, you are like, okay, you know, it, you can see like it can go either way and whatever. But when you look on the bench that he have compared to Celtics, mm-hmm. and the points that they can get from that. Like knowing you can bring on an Olenek or a Hero and they can drop double figure points compared to the Celtics who've got Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Brad, Brad Wanamaker. I think in game seven they had like a combined eight points. Yeah. Well, Brad Stevens would probably have to shorten his rotate. He'll probably do like a six, seven man rotation. But Eric Spolster has been doing, you know, seven, eight, nine rotations in the playoffs. Like it keeps it keeps everyone fresh and it keeps everyone, you know. Yeah, game seven they started had nine man rotation and had four players combined for what, seven points. And some of them players were playing seventeen, eighteen minutes. I feel like I think like it's the the culture of the heat is if you ask that fourth quarter and it's close, when like the will to win, like when you see like Hero making those deep threes and like well, I feel like this is why Miami's actually been the team that has benefited the most from this bubble, because this isn't this isn't this time this isn't the time of year where players are ready to, you know, players uh, players since the beginning of the season they've been ready to go in April. That's when they go, unless you know, unless you're on like a regular season team that aren't they're tanking or something like you know, this this is you know you're working up to the playoffs, you know, but Miami. They're ready to go every day, <laughs> or at least they want to. That's why they have dips. Like teams try and peak in April. Miami peaks and then peaks again. <laughs> peaks and down and go peaks again. That's that's how hard they work. And you know, I feel like they've from this the bubble. You know, they just want if you know if they what they say is true, and I'm pretty sure it is. And they want it more. They can go out and get it. I think they can win this championship. Genuinely. Like I said at the beginning. <laughs> that I'm like, you know what? Miami's going to win it. He's going to win it all. He's going to take on everyone. But they can. <laughs> I think they yeah. can. I mean, from what, from when we restarted, I think, I think we both said like that Miami can. But obviously, you know, a lot of times it was like, if they do this well, they can continue to do this well. But thankfully, everything they've needed to do well, they've done well. And even in this series, this can be the series where they execute their game plans well. And then you have those star-making moments. There's no reason they can't go to the finals. If they go to the finals, whether it's the Clippers, Denver, or Lakers... they got a chance. They've got a chance. And I think with some of these players, especially like Jimmy Butler, I think if you give him half a chance at anything, he's going to turn out to a full chance. Like, he... You know, and I feel like I feel like at the start, like when they started the bubble, 
I'm sure if you got to, when you got to playoffs, you know, the first round, the first round would have been, you know, okay, good series. Like if you lost to the book, if we if you lost the books in seven games, I feel like everyone would have turned around and said, "That's a decent series season we can build off." Yeah, yeah. So next, whereas the Heat are kind of saying, "Or, or let's just do it we now. could let's do it now." Just, I I think from the beginning of the year they've been trying to go for this championship from the beginning of the year, and now it actually looks like it's in sight. And I feel like that's just going to make them work harder. And I don't see the Boston Celtics overcoming that. I feel like they'll get lost in their own head. I feel I, I, I don't I don't feel like they have the experience that Miami has. I don't feel like they do. Jalen Brown and you know, J- Jalen Brown, Mark, uh, Kemba Walker, uh, Jason Tatum don't have the experience that you know that. Miami's Jimmy Butler, Andre Iguodala, you know, you know, yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. This is Jimmy Butler's first Western Conference Finals in not Western Eastern Conference Finals in general. It's his first, yeah. in all fairness. But you got play like Iguodala, who's been there. Haslam, who's on the team. He's the only person left from from the last time Miami was in a Conference Finals. Like, and you got, you know, that. But you know. Jimmy Butler in himself is enough to overcome the lack of experience with short, sheer willpower. And you've got, like, I know, I know Tyler Hero is a rookie. He has not been playing that way. Not at all. Yeah, sometimes I forget he's a rookie. Like, I'll say things like, oh, he's, you know, for a young player, he's doing well. And then I remember, oh, wait, no, he's literally. He's 20 years old. I literally remember, no, no, this is his. This is his first season. Well, I mean, well, I, I mean, he's he's beat uh, Jordan and LeBron to their first conference finals. So yeah, in those baby big go, moments, baby girls, in those young, in those key moments, he's shooting with no fear, as if it isn't is like, I, it looks like you, and it's in two years' time, maybe even a year's time. I see Tyler Hero being the go-to guy in the fourth quarter. I can see it easily. I feel like Jimmy Butler could pass that torch on. Uh, within the next two years because that we were talking about it earlier that game four against Milwaukee could you imagine the kind of press Tyler Hero would have been getting if he actually like you know made another three just just if that you know if if, if by he, some if miracle he, Milwaukee missed those shots and I mean you know, and like yeah like it was even when the the thing I, I, mean, it was, I was quite interested about is even when the books had that like that is a that type of game from Chris Middleton is something just just because you felt like, like the, game, the game was lost and then Tyler Hero hit two threes and you're like oh I mean whoa 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 I know he went to he went to overtime it wasn't even oh yeah in that overtime he thought it was kind of over and then it was like whoa 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 yeah, but he whoa. Went, to, went, to, went to overtime so it wasn't even like even with an amazing plan from Chris Middleton it still wasn't done and I, Tyler Hero just was at any point that like you've got a five point lead no no come back here it's two like, yeah. And that calmness and composure to just lock in in the moments, I was like... I feel like he needs to have a bit... Obviously, because he's going to be... He's he's the best offensive weapon off the bench. Yeah. In in my opinion, he's the best offensive weapon off the bench. And he he needs to show that against the Boston bench. 100%. It's going to be... be he, he He could be a difference maker. Like at the end of the series, you could look back and you could say that the Heat won this series, and you could look back at Tyler's stats and say, 
it was the it was key. He did he didn't have to do two, but like them key buckets and those key moments. Mm-hmm. What took over the line? That's the thing you need. Sometimes I, you just need that little. Yeah, like, he's capable of dropping daggers on people. Like, well, fact, I want like, I want to. Yeah, he's capable of dropping daggers left, right, and center. He stole the box. He stole some of the box. Soul. Like yeah, I, saw, he did. I saw their heart leave their eyes as he just hit another three, and they're like, "Oh, you please!" Done that consistently throughout the whole, throughout these playoffs and throughout the season, he's done it time and time again. He's hit big shots. He's hit. He has hit big shots. Everyone talks about Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler has done it too. But so can Tyler Hero, and it's the fact that you've got two guys, maybe more, that can hit the big shots in the big moments, and then you've got you know the Boston Celtics who. Every, you know, that last game, I don't know, you know, Jason Tatum, no, no, big shots down the stretch, yeah, for sure, but all their victories ca- kind of came from blowouts, and it's like, you know, that first game was pretty tight, but, you know, they've, no, that second game, sorry, was a bit pretty tight, you know, they've, they've not really had that many close games, but... Mm they can expect close games against the Heat and you can expect, you know, I expect if it's close in the fourth, then the Heat are going, they, the Heat are going to win. It, it's either that or they're going to take a bit of Boston soul with them. <laughs> like, I, I feel like both teams could win this series. Both teams, well, not at the same time, obviously, but it can go, <laughs> it can go, it can go either way. It's going to go to six or seven games either way. I'll be shocked if one team ends up getting, you know, if it's a sweep or, you know, it's a gentleman sweep. I'll be shocked. But it's going to be a fight. But Bam is a big is a big factor. Uh, Boston defense, Boston, it's going to be a battle of coaches because we have potentially, depending on where you put them, the two best coaches in the NBA right now. I'd, yeah. I'd probably put Spo as one. Not with that. I know it probably sounds biased, but I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. And then Brad Stevens too, because I'm putting Nick Nurse in third. Uh, but I, I, so, so these are the two best coaches, and I want to. You know, this is going to be a fun series. But Definitely going to be fun. I think Miami's. I, I'd be doing my team a disservice if I didn't think that Miami would win and get through. And with that being said, that means they can face because we're assuming that LA it's going to be an LA LA matchup, aren't we? I mean, it's most likely, yeah. And I feel like the Clippers. Oh, actually, no. I'm I'm starting to second guess it, but I still think my, the Clippers are going to go through. I still think the Clippers will take it because I they might the actually Clippers... decide to turn like. No, no, everything. no, no, no. I feel like the Clippers' whole season has been based on the Lakers. Their best performance in the regular season has been against the Lakers. I know the series is what I think was two and two. Yeah, it was. But their whole game plans, their whole setups, the whole team has been built to face the Lakers in the finals, uh, the Western Conference Finals. But, so, but I feel like right. So if the Lakers get through and face like Miami or Boston, either way, regardless, I feel like the Lakers will win. If the Clippers get through and face Boston or Miami, I feel like I feel. I feel more confident that Miami and Boston can beat the Clippers, just simply how the Clippers have been... I feel like if the Clippers beat the Lakers in the conference finals, in their minds, they'd have already won the title. 
Yes, and that's the problem because we've talked about how lazy they can get and they can switch on when they want to. And we're to- we talked about in this series, like, you know, they switch off and, you know, a moment's too late. What if it is the NBA Finals that that happens? In? Because you can't switch off against Miami and you can't switch off against Boston. They're yeah, going to be hungry. Whoever makes it out of the East is going to be hungry. Uh, yeah, they might have the, you know, they might have the, you know, theory of, oh, well, we beat, um, we beat the late, we beat the Lakers. We can relax now. Like, oh, that's it. Like we've beaten the, we've beaten probably the best player, probably the, you know, the, the best duo or whatever. And then they might go into the game sleeping. And the thing is, if you get against Miami, you'll turn around and you'll be zero, you'll be zero and two going into game three. Yeah, and then you're trying to chase a game against a team that can hit threes, can defend well, and they've got a great coach. And suddenly you might be caught lacking. It happened to the books where they got caught lacking, and you know they just never recovered. Just never. I know Giannis went down with an injury, but they were already three and zero when Giannis went down with an injury. They were already zero and three, so that was that was that was by the by. So things we knew he was injured, and look how. The box had to play to keep themselves in the game. Like Giannis had, Giannis knew he had an ankle injury and had to run for every ball and try to do everything by himself because that's the only way he believed he could beat the Heat. And that sent him out. That sent him out of the series completely because of the injury. Yep. Oh, like he came into it. It wasn't like, working. It, it wasn't working. Like they were, they were behind, and then all of a sudden, Milwaukee just started playing better. As soon as you know, it, it's like you know, Portugal versus France in fucking European champ, European cup. In yeah, sometimes when you don't have your star player to rely on, you go back to playing basics, and I think that really helped them. It did. But, and also, also, you know that Miami's whole setup was how to stop Giannis. When you take Giannis out of the game, that changes your whole de- defensive plan. That's what plan. I said, didn't it? When I, I said to you when the game was playing, I was like, "Well, this could dis- discombobulate yeah. the Miami Heat because they've been." They've been playing the series a certain way. And now, in the middle of a game, they have to change their game plan defensively. And when Chris Middleton's hitting shots, it's kind of, ah. But, you and know, I feel like game, game four, Middleton had no pressure on him because, you know, if they lost, Giannis was injured. So I feel like that's why he was able to hit those shots. But then game five is when the Miami right. said, well, go on, then, try again. Well, but in a sense, I feel like that's got Miami ready for this Boston team. Probably, yeah. Because that, you know, that mix of offense, it's, you know, it's kind of got them, kind of got them ready for this. It would have got, because Toronto, we said it, Toronto and Boston, you know, they're very similar, very similar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one team's star player just showed out more than the other. Pascal Siakam still has learning to do. Although Pascal Siakam is like, 25, 26 now. Like, he's in his prime. Like, he's not as young as people think he is. I feel like yeah, this is cool. his ceiling. Maybe. And I think sometimes you have to accept that, you know, not everyone could be a superstar. Yeah, like James I think, Harden. I, I think, like I said, like we said before the um, playoffs, um, when you look back on these, like when these first rack up, and you know, we end up looking back and have more time to look at you know certain things. A lot of the questions are going to be asked about firstly, the Bucks and Giannis. Secondly, if Harden doesn't win a championship, I know he thinks he's one piece away, but no, he never wins a championship. His career, like, 
his like the way he's going to go down in history and you know his career is going to like I think it's going to change. Like I think everyone's going to be like he was great, but did he ever win a championship? No, like, and you know I said I another thing that I said to you that he he is you know he is at best a good he is a good second player second best player on a team but that's yeah. not that's not a bad thing just ask Scotty Pippen just ask Anthony Davis right now look being number two to a great number one it's not a bad thing it's just knowing your role within a team no because not- Scotty Pippen has six championships <laughs> exactly it's a team game it's not an individual so um, I would rather be I would rather be a great number two who, you know, can be there when it's needed and I win my championships rather than be the number one guy but not, never actually be quite good enough to make it into I, the final. I course. feel like Harden needs to play within a system. I think a championship team can't be Harden as the system. That that, works, that's, yeah. not, that's not how it's going to work. Harden needs to play within a system, not be the system. And that's, yeah. you know, so what's going to happen? Like, like with the books, the Giannis needs to play within a system, not be the system. You know that's not how you win championships. <laughs> you, you. There's only a few players who can get away with just like. Well, it, 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 no, no. You say that, but that right? Stephen Curry, he plays within a system. He isn't the system. He plays within a system. Right. It's Steve Kerr's system. Right. Michael Jordan didn't win championships until he played in the triangle, which is. Phil, Phil Jackson's system. There's only like a few players who can be the system. Like, I maybe saw it with like LeBron and the Cavs when they didn't have any form of plan. They said, Oh no, our plan is just LeBron. What does he do? Like, just- well, he didn't win a championship. The only time he won a championship was with Kyrie Irving, and he wasn't the system. They, they were, they were the system. <laughs> the point is, like, there's only a few players who can do that and get, but you can't like, do it on your own. But I think the thing is, like, even when you are, even when one player is just the system and you work around him, if you come up against a good system, you normally end up losing the, the series. Like, it's not. Well, yeah. Like, you're still dropping 80 points a night, and. And yeah. you're like. You're always, on your apparently, on apparently, if you ask MJ, James Harden, and. And uh, and Giannis, you always seem to lose in the conference semi-finals. So, <laughs> in a gentleman's sweep. So, you know, there's there's that, and that's yeah, it's a shame. He's the second best player on a championship winning team. He's not the best. So, quick question, but like, so what do you think Russell Westbrook is? What do I think Russell Westbrook is? Uh, Where he is on it, because. After watching him in the regular, like in regular seasons, and you know, I know no. he's average triple doubles, he's done amazing things, but like when it comes to these series, you always, I always look at Westbrook, and I'm just disappointed. I think he's the second best player or a third best player on a championship winning team. Probably more so of a that, third. So do you think the only way to use the Rockets with them to win a title is by adding someone who is the first best player, like a first choice? Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's think about who who in the league is a better player than them both right now. Uh, I mean, Kevin Durant. If you add Kevin Durant to those two, <laughs> do they win a championship? 
and they could have with the only time James Harden and Russell Westbrook has ever made a champion made a finals run was with KD. So, uh, you know, oh, okay, see, man. <laughs> uh, who else? LeBron James. If you add LeBron James to that, do they win a championship? I think so because there's no way LeBron is going to allow <laughs> that system to work. But you know, they both need to play. I mean, Russell Russell Westbrook played better this. He probably, in my opinion, played better this season than he did in his triple double season. In his first triple double season when he won MVP, because okay. because of the more off ball movement that he did, he became more of a team player. He didn't he didn't really defer to James Harden. He deferred to his system, but. But I, it should have been the other way around. James Harden should have been playing more off ball because James Harden can shoot better. Russell Westbrook cannot shoot good consistently. He can shoot, and sometimes he can shoot good, but he can't shoot consistently good. James Harden has the potential to do that. James Harden can shoot. James Harden has stretches of games where he can shoot consistently good and then have a really bad game of shooting two from 11. Which happens a lot, apparently, in the past couple of years, um, in certain games. Uh, so you know, I feel like that. So is that a Harden failure, a D'Antoni failure, or a bit of both? I oh, well, what, what, we're, we're playing the blame game here. No, in terms of obviously, you know, I think it's a mixture. Have... I think it's a mixture. I think it's a mixture of D'Antoni. So what? What? If you're the Rockets, what do you do this off season? Well, do you fire Mike D'Antoni? I think if I was the Rockets, I'd probably look at that. I'd probably look at changing the coach just because it's been so many years of almost there. And obviously, if you can get or, the right coach... Or because they didn't play a full season of small ball, you know? They didn't. Do they try and do it again? You know, one more. I think it's Mike D'Antoni's last year as well, isn't it? On his contract. Something like that. Okay, so personally, I would look at options but if you're sticking with D'Antoni I guess you'd have to go full into it and obviously if they're going to play small ball again next year if, if I'm the if I'm the books I'd straight up fire Coach Bird and trade for Chris Paul that's that's what I'd do that's easy with the Rockets it's harder because you know they they have they have potential I think things need to be switched around slightly and you know do they try it again Maybe, but they need to adjust. My dad, Tony, is another one that doesn't adjust. Yeah, I think, and the thing is, you can kind of tell that the difference, the difference between the elite and great is an elite coach is someone you look at and know that when something's not working, they know what to change and when to change it to make it work. Yeah. To help you. Whereas some of these coaches, it's the same system in the regular season. And then they get surprised when it doesn't work in the playoffs because you aren't playing the same team repeatedly and they haven't had time to game plan and change for what you do well. And I think, like, with the Houston, it's not, there's no, it doesn't seem like there's an easy, just like, oh, just fix that. I thought when they brought Chris Paul in before, that was the, that would have been the fix. I thought he would have ball handled more, Harden would have been off ball more. Well, yeah, but then they ended up having a, you know, they ended up having a really bad argument, didn't they? Yeah, but... Because because of the way that they were, you know, doing this... Because of the way they were doing it, even though it was the right way, and Chris Paul was trying to show him it was the right way. And I would have loved it 
so much if Chris Ball had beaten them in that series. So much. Yeah. I would have loved Same. it. But it is Same, what it is. So, because they didn't, it gave me ice back hard and that made me happy. Right. Seeing a man ask the question of why were you so flat by just saying, good question, and adjusting his ice back. Uh, good question. Yeah. Right then. Uh, hopefully... As I get my list on my phone, it won't make the podcast die crash. So, yeah, I mean, if you don't hear off me for a bit, that's why. But I'm going to get up my list of my, my the top top players. Can you still hear me? I'm just here. Okay, sweet. That worked. All right. Uh, right. Okay. So, I've got my top five of all time. Is that what you did as well? All time. Wait, what? I did top five of all time, you know, point guard, shooting guard. Hey, oh, I think I meant overall. I was like, ah, oh, no, big man. I no, 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 no. Just, you know. Three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, no, I've done that. That's... And I, I made this list out of pure emotion. Like, I didn't look at stats or anything. <laughs> uh, I, pure emotion. I went to make this list of stats and then got distracted and we're here. So Yeah, the one thing making these lists, like, I was surprised at the lack of depth some of these positions had other than the centre position so for me I um like I actually had centre, to think. Yeah. so for me I was like my top two and three in most of the positions were always like bang 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 yeah that's what I thought as well and then when I got to fourth or fifth that's what I'm like alright alright then should we should we should we start right so should we should, should we go we'll start from point guard and then we'll work yes, our way there Right, so for number one, I've got Magic, and then I've got Steph Curry, uh, Isaiah Thomas at number three, the Big O at number four, and Chris Paul at number five. Okay, so I've got, it's actually, my, my list isn't that far off, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, Magic at number one, yeah. I've got Isaiah Thomas at number two, Steph Curry Fair. at three, Fair. Chris Paul at four, and Jason Kidd at five. Oh, why did you leave out the Big O? Because... I didn't watch the Big O that much. No. I mean, neither did I, but, you know, the Big O was amazing. He had a triple... He did... Right. Okay, so people talk about how Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double throughout, you know, a season and a couple... Pretty much, um, Oscar pretty much averaged a triple-double throughout a decade. I mean, some seasons he had more assists than rebounds and more rebounds and assists so like he never regained that triple double but if you even out over a decade or five years or something I can't remember but he averaged a triple double for that period of time and that's amazing in the 70s as a point guard he also won a championship like you know in his in his prime Jason Kidd won a championship not being the third best player on the team yeah, but I picked up my. I picked up. <laughs> I got to the fifth one. I, like, I was like, I'm having Jason Kidd. But I mean, the era three is still like you know, Magic, Steph, Isaiah. You had Isaiah then Steph, and which I respect that because Isaiah is clearly a better defender. I I just feel like Steph is just so much better offensively than Isaiah that he just out, and his impact on the game that I uh, that Steph has had it just outranks Isaiah in my eyes. I mean, it's fair. I mean, yeah, I, when I was looking at it, like, I kept switching them two. So I was like, two and three, three and two. I was like, eh, and then I just left it there because... Well, we both we both 100% agree Magic 
Magic is the best point guard ever. Magic is the best point guard ever. Point guard. Right. So as shooting gods then. So Ugh. do you wanna do you wanna say your list first? Do you wanna go from five to one just to make it more interesting? <laughs> okay. Because so... oh, wait, no, no, hold on, no. Go from one to five. We know it's not interesting at all. It's shooting guard. What am I doing? <laughs> we know who's hey, number hey. one. We know who's number one. Hey, hey. Don't even start clowning me, Davian. Don't don't I swear to God, really? don't go Nick right on my ass. What? What do you mean? I mean, what? Don't be start making takes like Tim Tebow is more of a draw than Kobe Bryant. Don't, don't make, don't, don't be making those takes. <laughs> All right, go on. One to five. No, Chris, Chris, you go first. Okay, my number, my number one is Michael Jordan, <laughs> because, duh, greatest player of all time. Number one. Right. Yeah. Number two. Kobe Bryant. Number three, Dwayne Wade. Number four, James Harden. And number five, Clyde the Glide Drexler. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> so number one, I got Jordan. Number two, I got Kobe. Number three, I got Wade. Number four, I got AI. And number AI? five, I got Ray Allen. No, you know. Stole... Yeah. Who stole? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what? We we got the same top three. I, I, it's very you can't argue with that. I think Michael I Jordan know, like, is the greatest player of I all time. I mean, for me, it's like what every time I say that, I'm like every time I say Ugh, people assume that I mean that you like not. What I mean is like I know I he's mean, definitely. It's, de- it's debatable. <laughs> is what you're saying is like I can I definitively say it, but because uh, you want to say something because it is debatable. It is debatable. Yeah. You could like, argue Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest player of all time. You could argue yeah. Bill Russell is. You could argue LeBron James. You, you know. skaters, but, but, but there's no doubt that he'd always at least be in the conversation. If you don't mention your conversation, your conversation well, the man, invalid. The man's name is synonymous with greatness. So, you know. Yeah. And then you've got Kobe Bryant, who is essentially... So, yeah, that was my... Michael t- so my t- but for me, I was sitting there and I was like... He's Jordan Light, like, is what Kobe so Bryant. So part of me wanted to go raw emotion and put Kobe above MJ because yeah. I was going to be like, I was like, part of me like, you know, I grew up with that. Like I was like, and then I went, no, let's be real. Like there is no. And, yeah, and uh, right, I wanna, I wanna just say, uh, uh, Michael and Kobe were obviously very similar players and very similar playing style, and they, yeah. you know, they played under two very the, the same coach, and they both. No, no, sorry. And they play, you know, and they, you know, Kobe won five championships, Michael won six. You know, they're very similar, but I think the one, and in that respect, obviously, that's why Kobe is underneath, but Kobe is different in his. So uh, Kobe is different within respects to his, his um, knowledge of the game. I feel like Kobe has a lot more knowledge of the game than Michael Jordan did. Michael Jordan had talent and physical ability and mentality that, you know, Kobe could probably equal Jordan on mentality. Uh, physical ability, maybe not. Kobe Bryant, probably not as fast. Connor's jump as high, you know. He was more of a student of the game than Michael Jordan. I feel like that's where Kobe is. Kobe's really intelligent. And then you got Dwayne Wade underneath him because Dwayne Wade is a physical... Dwayne Wade is a, an athletic 
especially oh, his 06 playoffs was reminiscent of a Jordan. Reminiscent of a Jordan. Single-handedly taking, taking Miami to a championship. That is Jordan-like. And because of that, he's number three. And, you know, throughout the rest of his career when he played, you know, he played with LeBron and stuff and he, you know, became a number two. There's another reason why becoming a number two isn't that bad because Dwayne Wade is third on my list and he, he played number two to LeBron. Um, and then you got James Harden because, well, James Harden, there's no, he's a really, really, really good player. But I, So you see, I struggled. I'm not going to lie. Like, and so then I had Clyde Drexler think... who won a championship so I... in Houston. I looked at it and I was like, I want to press, I'm like, I want to put Harden, but then I just, there's just something about Harden that is like, <laughs> just, I can't tell if it's just the recent, like the playoff stuff, but like, when it comes to these greatest lists, I'm just like, does he, does he deserve to be there? No, uh, no, you know, considering I said that he's probably the best, better to be a second best player on a team, championship team, and I'll put him third in terms of all time, no, fourth, sorry, in terms of all-time shooting guards. Like, like, I feel like that kind of contradicts myself. But but it's like... No, no, no. No, but there's obviously other positions. And, like, exactly. in, in the NBA today, like... In the position he's in, you can say fourth, you can say different top five. As a player, as a player in himself, you know, he's, you know, yeah. he's a top four shooting guard. But His, his skills and abilities and moments... Oh god, yeah, there. exactly. And he's had loads of those, but you know, he's. I think his sheer numbers in a regular season and stuff like really make him a really good player. But I feel like he can't be any higher than Dwayne Wade unless he wins like two or three championships. Okay, that makes, that's fair. And then you got Clyde the Glide Drexler, who who had the misfortune of playing while Jordan was in the league. There are a lot of players who are just like overshadowed because they play at the same time as yeah. Jordan. It's like great player wrong wrong era to be dominant because you had Charles Barkley is one of them. He he suffered. He was literally in the same draft class as Jordan. You know who Where's didn't? Your rig? You know you know who didn't? And we'll you know well actually well I'll bring him up later because he's in the centers. So right so okay so who did you have? You had Ray Allen. So and. Who and AI? I like that because I feel like I, pound for pound, AI is probably the greatest player ever. Pound for pound, like, I feel like anytime I'm making a list of anything basketball, I always have to include him at some point or another. No. I just feel like it would be true to myself if I didn't because I love him. Like, yeah, no, and <laughs> AI is amazing. AI is probably you know he was one of my favorite players growing up. He's a, an offensive talent. The, the fact that he was six foot and he managed to score that many points is fucking ridiculous. During an era with Kobe and like you know, this is this was an era when like there was tough inside D as well. And he wasn't known to be an amazing shooter, no, by no stretch. So you know, AI deserves to be in that list. I think I think it deserves to be in there. I just think James Harden and Clyde the Glide are just so much better than him. I'd argue you could put AI in the in the uh, in the point guard position as well because he did play point guard for a bit, but now nah, he. He earned it. He definitely played his best years in the shooting guard position. Um, I wonder how he would have done in the small ball era. I wonder how he would have played. He'd probably be like James Harden, in all fairness. 
I can, I can see him do it like being very inefficient, which he was very inefficient. <laughs> right then, small forwards. You go first this time. I've done the last two. Okay. Who Okay. Birdman Rob. Okay, so I've got LeBron. Yeah. You know, he's the guy. I've yeah. got KD. I've got Bird. Mm-hmm. I hate myself then. I've got LeBron, KD. I've got Larry Bird. Yeah. I've got Pitt. I've got Kawhi. Oh, so we only have one difference. Number one, I've got LeBron. Number two, I've got KD. Number three, I've got okay. Larry Bird. Okay. Le- LeBron, you've got number one, so this, this podcast can continue. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Number two, I've got KD. Number three, I've got Larry Bird. Now, this is where we differ because I've got a totally different player in number four. I've got Julius Irving. Dr. J, yeah. I've I got Dr. I, J. And then in number five, I've got Kawhi. So, so I, like, I was staring at it. Like, like basically, I like when I was making a list, I went through and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I had to, like, choose between people. And, yeah. So who did, who did you pick again? I can't remember. So, number four. At number four. Pippen? Pippen. I, I respect that. But I just can't. I couldn't. I couldn't not take Julius Irving. I knew I needed to put Julius Irving in my top five. I had to. There's no way I couldn't have him. I was. I was tempted to put him in number three in front of Larry Bird, but you know, Larry Bird's Larry Bird. So, you know, an amazingly clutch player, so unathletic but so intelligent. And then you got Julius Irving, who was, you know, an amazing athletic player in his heyday. And you got Kawhi, and then, then I might, uh, then I might have put, you know, the uh, who did you pick again? I keep forgetting. Why do I keep forgetting? Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. Why do I keep forgetting him? It's because he. Because everyone forgets me. That's yeah. why. No. Everyone only remembers. Yeah. Scotty Pippen. I feel like it's because I can't believe you put him in your top five small But the thing is, he does deserve to be there. I, 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 I'm. Top ten, if he was in there, I wouldn't bat an eye. <laughs> like he's on, it goes unnoticed because you know, and it's he he was such an amazing player. Even when Jordan left, he was an amazing player, and he deserved I think, that. I think yeah, what goes against him with was those years without Jordan, yeah. especially in that playoff series where he just you know he decided he wasn't going to play. Yeah, I think it's one of them that I feel like the history of basketball has given Sky Pippen a disservice. Because when people who didn't watch him at that time, they think of him as purely just MJ psychic and just yeah, like, like a Robin, whereas, not a Batman. Yeah, exactly. As, whereas you know, you look at it, a great defensive player, a great like someone who kind of revolutionized yeah. the game. And tried to let me let, let me put this in perspective. Uh, uh, Davian, what's Batman's real name? Bruce Wayne. What's Robin's real name? Dick. Oh, you're actually close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, Dick, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne. There's more. There's so many Robins. <laughs> the first one was Dick Grayson. But, you know, you know, you had to think about it. You know what the problem is? And it took me a second, like, am I being tricked? <laughs> no, no, no. I was like, is it Scotty Pippen? <laughs> no, it is it Scotty Pippen. Right, you're right, yeah. No, but the point is, is that, you know, you had to think about that because, you know, you remember Batman. You don't really remember Robin as much, but he's important. He's really important. Um, yeah. So, 
And he was a, a good player in his own right. It's just his his legacy is tied to Michael Jordan. Tied yeah. to it. I mean, if I a championship without Jordan, I probably would have. I, you probably see him in more top, in more top five, top ten list. It's tied to Jordan in time, but sometimes it's used to discredit Jordan, and sometimes they end up just discrediting Pippen's run. Like, yeah, basically, it's weird. People say like, "Well, Jordan won six, but no one ever says like, "Oh no, it was the Chicago Bulls together that won six. and it's always a. But you know, well, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll live. Yeah, it's like, oh, Jordan never won a championship without without Pippen, and it's like, well, Pippen didn't win a championship without Jordan. And so, <laughs> you know, if Pippen had won a, won a championship without Jordan in whatever year, like after he retired, after Jordan retired, or in those two years. I feel like he would get more recognition, but, you know, he didn't. So, right, power forwards. You can go okay. first again. I've got this. So, I have to stretch for this one. I feel, like, I feel like this is one that we will probably differ on quite a bit. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. I've got Tim Duncan. I've got KG. Oh. I've got Barkley. I've got... Ray Mysterio. And I've got Duck. You got... Who, who was number four? Who do you have a number four? Duncan, KG, Barkley. Ray Mysterio. Um, Ray Mysterio. Right, okay. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, right. So I left... Ray Mysterio. ...out of the list because I know what he did in his personal life. <laughs> I'm not going near this man. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him in his personal life. He's a horrible human okay. being. I have no idea what he did in this basketball life. Uh, look it okay. up. Af- Google, say it. Af- Google. Say your list. Say your list. I- my oh list my. is Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Dirk Nowitzki, Elgin Baylor, and Charles Barkley. Wait, so I say that again? Tim Duncan, number one. Yeah. Number two is Kevin Garnett. Number three is Dirk Nowitzki. Number four is Elgin Baylor. Number five is Charles Barkley. So I wasn't was that different. No, 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 no. I know that's why when you said your thing, when you said your list, I was like, oh, you know what? But we only differ. We only, well, you put you. We switch around Dirk and Charles, and I've just added in Elgin Baylor. I did not know any of this shit. Jesus Christ! Can I change my list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. You can change your list. <laughs> you see why? You see why? What did you Google? Shit. Uh, just Ray Mysterio issues. <laughs> it came with a list of issues, and I don't. Hmm. Anywho, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Right, when you were doing the list, yeah, was Tim Duncan like your straight number one. Yeah, Tim Duncan was my straight number one. Because okay. when I was doing, it, I was like Duncan, and now who else? <laughs> Tim Duncan was my straight number one, and I was like, there's got to be more good power forwards in this league, surely. And then I like I feel like KG KG definitely gets number two. I mean he won he he is one of the few players to win MVP and DPOY. I think only five players have ever done it. Um, uh, let me let me just check that. I, not in the same season. I, I need to fact check this because of my last. <laughs> right. So so uh, MVP and DPOY. Right. Um. Uh, right, so only I think only five players have ever done it. Obviously, you got Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon, who 
you know, who did it in the same year. Uh, then you've got uh, David Robinson, who won MVP in 1995 and DPOY in 1992. And then you've got Kevin Garnett, who won MVP in 2004, and then DPOY in 2005 with the Boston Celtics, which is the same year he won, you know, he won the, uh, he won the championship. And then Giannis, who, you know, has won DPOY this year and, you know, won MVP last year and is favorite to win MVP this year. Uh, um, so only five players and Kevin Garnett is one of them, but you know, Tim, Tim Duncan, his unbridled success with the Spurs is just, you know, unbridled. (laughs) So, and then I've got Dirk who led his team to a championship in 2011. And then you got Elgin Baylor who had an amazing career, uh, he had an amazing career with um, the LA Lakers. He left just as <laughs> they won a championship. <laughs> and then Charles Barkley, who the, he is undersold as a player because because of the fact he didn't win a championship. And now he's an analyst, uh, a quote unquote analyst on inside the NBA with those guys. Like, I feel like that's taken a hit on his career. Davian. Really? Yeah. I honestly, I do. Honestly, I do. I mean, <laughs> this, this is going off topic a little bit, but if you look at Paul Pierce now, okay. Yeah. Look at, look at, uh, who else is another amazing player that is just, you know, an analyst now, uh, other than Paul Pierce. I can't remember. Uh, there's another one. <laughs> Not Dwayne Wade, because he's only just started his analytic career and it didn't really, you know. I feel like Draymond Green is going to end up being another one of those players. Um, so, Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce is the one that comes to mind mostly. Maybe Tracy McGrady. But I, you see Paul Pierce's name all the time. All the time. And it's just with bad takes. And I feel like it's taken it's, taken its toll. <laughs> Like when you think of Paul Pierce, you just think of his bad takes. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> not like, his legendary career. When you, when you said Paul Pierce, my first thought was him saying like, "Oh, I've had a better career than insert player here." You know? Do you hear what he said? Uh, it was today or last night or something that he dropped uh, fifty points a game in this in today's league. Just like, shut up. Like, shut up. But anyway, this isn't about him. Charles Barkley is just undersold as a as a player. But, yeah, and also I think to be fair, like I think it's not helped by the fact that every time there's a basketball discussion, it's reminded like, where's your ring? Like, oh, by Shaq, yeah. His, his quality is not like basically he's made it's made to sound like he wasn't on that level purely because. But he was on that level in his first season as a rookie. People, people, you know, so those was with in Chicago. Charles Barkley was constantly in the MVP discussions. Constantly. And, you know, there was one... Yeah, he was constantly in there. He, he was worthy of that. He is worthy to be in one of the best power forwards in, you know, NBA history. At his size, too. 6'6", six, six, I think he is. Incredible. Incredible. Um, so, yeah, that leaves us with the centres. 
Yeah. Hey, what were you looking? Yep. You're looking at something. I'm trying to find my centers. <laughs> ah, centers. Right. Oh. So I'm going to do this in reverse order. Right. So number five. This, this is the one that I easily. I kind of like. There are so many people for this. Like, I think the hardest bit is trying to, you know, find out the order within them. Um, I think I've messed up my order. <laughs> number f- number five, I've got Wilt. Number four, I've got Shaq. Number three, I've got Bill Russell. Number two, I've got Hakeem Olajuwon. And number one, I've got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who have you got? I'm trying to work out my own order. Oh, you're still working out your own order? Now that nah, I, so, I think I think I've got the same five as you. <laughs> just in a different just order? Out, just can't work out the order, because... Oh, well, I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go through my reasonings with wait, each wait, one. Wait. So I think I've got. I think I've got a larger one. Five. Oh, okay. Four. Bill Russell. Three. Kareem. Two. Shaq. One. But then I think I changed that. And basically, in my notes, well, six Shaq names, is, I'm like, Shaq is I'm not like, one. Like, <clears throat> to me. Um, <laughs> um, but then I changed it, and I can't remember which order I put these money. Oh, that, that's fine. Well, I'll, well, obviously. Also, we're, but, also, Matumbo's written there, and I don't know why, because that's not even the, that's just a sixth name. I, d- I think I just I just want to put him in there. I just want to make I sure I just, you know. I think, I, think, I think I just wanted to do the no, no, no. Thing. no. I don't know. Well, I, so I put Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as number one because obviously it's debatable that he's the greatest player ever. Like during his time in the seventies, in his heyday, and then the eighties, and to have the career he had in the he had in the era that he was in, it was amazing. He also outplayed Wilt. During that time, Wilt joined him. Wilt joined him, mm. <laughs> and he, you know, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. I think he's another one who's he's taken a bit of a hit because he was in the same draft class as Jordan and was in the nineties. But he still won two championships within that era. In fact, the, you know, those two seasons they were both Houston Rockets victories, and Hakeem was a you know, DPOY and MVP, and you know. Hakeem's numbers are just there, there's a video that I can't remember who's the YouTuber but if you if you watch that video right I think it's something like uh, you'll change your view on Hakeem Olajuwon after watching this video or something like that watch it and it will make you realise how amazing this guy was in his you know Heyday. I, I, I watched something similar to Charles Barkley, which is probably why I put Charles Barkley as number five. Um, and then I've got Bill Russell, because how can you argue 11 rings, Shaq? And then I've got Shaq, <laughs> and then I've got Will. See, uh, so from the, what, while I was going through the centre thing, I think that's when I was going through going, wow, there are a lot of great centres. <laughs> well, yeah, because predominantly throughout the entire NBA existence, been a centers league up until recently. Yeah, so like I was going through, just like there was like I was like the depth in this position makes just it's incredible. I was like when you're looking at like Will and then you're like Bill and then like Kareem, and I'm like wow, like where do you really place? I was like kind of weird. And then obviously I was looking at you know, and then that's when I started trying to work out what I was trying to you know base top five off. So. So at first I was like, okay, well, if I'm going through my favorites, then I sort of shack him up at one. Then I was like, is it best objectively? And then I'm like, okay. Don't lie, you put Matumbo as number one. 
Nah, he'd be number three. Oh, like, okay, that's fine. He'd be, he'd be Shakiri and Matumbo. And then Hakeem. And you know what? But then, um, then you, when you're looking at, like, okay, success, then you're looking at, you know, Mr. Rings, you know, the Bill Russell. And then and then that's when my list got fucked. And I'm just sitting there going, like, we, that, these guys are amazing. Mm. And then Senna I started, is an amazing position. So, yeah. And then I just, then I started watching basketball highlights because, you know, it's amazing. <laughs> Man. But yeah, so so right. So I feel like we've we've had at least the same number one. Pretty much. Um, maybe yeah, but I think I think I'm actually quite. I was kind of surprised. Like I feel like um, shooting guard and point guard is pretty easy, and then actually small for. Uh, to be fair, the the number one and number two seem to be almost pretty easy. Usually. Yeah. Like there's just that one player you like. So like power forward. Like you go through the list and you're like, okay, power forward. And it's like, oh well, Tim Duncan, number one, and then you kind of work from there. Like it's, I mean, I think the balance of you know, I mean, it was quite just you know, I think for me, probably the big shock of your list would have been harder making it. That would have been the only one where I was like, wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, could, I could have easily have left him off and put someone else there. Obviously, now I'm learning about because you know. I've learned about certain players' post curricular activities, and now I'm having to change my whole <laughs> power forwards. Yeah, how <laughs> sorry, you, how fam. You said like that. And I was like, "What did he?" Oh, oh no, oh. yeah, no, no. Don't want to give that man credit for anything right, he man. done. Can, can we edit that? Look, can you just change that to like? <laughs> just, you change something stupid. Like where that. you say where you say it, I'm just gonna be like asshole. <laughs> no, no, just change something to do the mix. Put Chris Paul in there. <laughs> my fourth favorite power forward, Chris Paul. I'd rather say the hate for that than the... <laughs> no. Do, um, no, just uh, uh, who did you leave out on your Elgin Baylor? I'll just put in Elgin Baylor. <laughs> just like... Oh, and no, the fourth no, no, no. Elgin I know Baylor. what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna keep it a secret. Number it's gonna be an inside. It's gonna be an inside joke between us. Oh, God, a power forward, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a power forward. I'll, I'll take that. That's fine. All <laughs> right, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's doing this list has been quite fun because, like, it was. I think one of the things I had was like, like, where does Steph Curry go? Like, and then you're like, oh wait, no, he actually is. Top two, top three ever. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh, you know what we should do? We should do the same thing, but next week for next week, do the same thing, but for in the league right now. Ooh. In this past oh. year, in this past year, just this past year, the top of each position in this past year. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> Number one, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> don't no, don't don't no. <laughs> Wait, in terms of centre? Nah, there's players that have been burned. No, no, I meant, I meant point guard. Oh, no. No, that's going to go to Nikola Jokic. He facilitated ending the league for a bit. Oh, yeah, he did. Jesus Christ. Oh, but yeah, nah, um, yeah, I can do that. That'd be good. Yeah, we should do that. Okay. Uh, I guess tune in to next week when you get that list from us. Hope you enjoyed so next, this episode. Next, next, so next week we'll have that list. Yeah, we'll be midway through the NBA finals. Um, NBA conference finals. Yeah, we'll 
probably know if Miami are going to win, so we'll know when, how your mood's going to be. When's the draft? When's the NBA? I think it's after. It's somewhere in October. When's, when's the, the NBA? NBA? I, it, it'll be randomly. It'll be soon, though. Like, they'll eventually... Um, it'll be soon, though. I think it's the only one that's left, isn't it? The NBA draft is the 16th of October. Oh, oh well, we got a month. Okay, fair enough. All right, 16th of October, that is. Um, right, and... Okay. So we got... Yeah, they'll hopefully they'll announce MVP soon, and then they'll announce all NBA teams. I feel like that's what they're going to do, unless they do it in reverse order for some ring. But they didn't do that for the DPOY, so it is what it is. So yeah. Yep. So. All right. Tune in next week when we when we'll talk about some subjects and maybe talk about other subjects. <laughs> Join us next week when some subjects will be brought up and maybe talked about. And we talk about it. <laughs> all okay. right well okay i've been dc and i've been me well of course you've been you that doesn't make it it makes sense that makes perfect <laughs> sense how, that, that doesn't how does that not make sense i have been me it felt like it you know what i'm going to watch clippers oh shit yeah that's soon in it in 15 minutes so, all right see you guys later you might want to time out and that uh, yeah in a bit Time out.